Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you, as we have been for multiple years now, from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out what's on the Exxon Broadcast Network, 724-365, visit www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network. Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio and Simul TV, and iHeart Radio. Before we get to my guest this hour, Patrick Dorsey, I would just like to take this opportunity of, of wishing my dad a very happy Father's Day. This Sunday, Exonation, as you know, the uh, 17th of June is Father's Day. So to all the fa- to my dad, who is, God bless him, still with us, and I thank the good Lord each and every day, in Chambly, Quebec. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And to all the other fathers around the world who make a positive difference in helping children grow in a positive manner. And to those special dads who've taken time to to bring fatherhood to those children who haven't had the opportunity as so many of us have had. A very special Father's Day to each and every one. All right, my guest this hour, Exonation, is Patrick Dorsey. He spent his career as a professional business writer helping people and businesses tell their stories. A natural storyteller his whole life. He began creating his own books in first grade by stapling together crayon pages. A St. Louis native in all but birthplace, he holds a degree in English from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Uh, it was in college he also began fencing which he continues to pursue as an instructor and the president of the St. Louis Fencers Club. God's Forge was his first novel published without either a stapler or crayons, but he doesn't mention anything about paint-by-number kits or or uh, or uh, any other. I'm just trying to be funny here. It didn't work. I'm sorry. Patrick, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. It's a great pleasure having us on. Tell us about... 
your your encounters with the paranormal and where your interest came from. What was it that that kind of spooked you into being interested in the unseen? So I think the thing that really started it for me, I, I grew up as a, you know, as a kid um, just having an interest in more fantastical things. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of TV shows I was always watching, yeah. the movies were always the Star Treks and the, the Ray Harryhausen movies and stuff like that. So I think I had a tendency to want to see those kinds of uh, fantastical things. And actually, I can tell you, it was, it was a moment, it was in my school library, I was about eight years old, and they had a book, and I, I can still picture the cover, and I've actually checked it out from other libraries since then, uh, a book called Haunted Houses by a man named Larry Kettlecamp. Mm-hmm. And it was one, it was the first true ghost story thing that I'd, I'd ever seen at that age. Uh, it had all sorts of photos, it had like the famous brown lady photo, and the tulip staircase photo, and and. and things like that in it and it just blew my mind that people would have photos and you'd have all these these true things you know purported to be true things that uh people would do so that got me really interested in in the whole realm of you know reading up on ghosts and and ufos and and just moving into that whole paranormal realm so that that's the moment i can really tie it right down to tell us about your book haunted webster groves so I live in Webster Groves, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Webster is an is an old um, inner ring suburb to St. Louis. Uh, very old history. I mean, it goes back to uh, you know Spanish colonial times, uh, then French colonial times, and then eventually you know as the different as the United States took over the, this area as well. Um, lots of history there. Um, at one point, I was getting ready. My son and I actually enjoy going on uh, ghost walking tours when we go on vacation and visit other cities. And it struck me we were getting ready to do one of those. And I said to myself, I wonder if there's anything like that in Webster. It's an old community. Um, I don't know if anybody's got any stories. So I, I just posted on a Webster Road community board. I, I said, hey, if anybody's got any stories about uh, their encounters with ghosts or hauntings mm-hmm. in, in Webster here in their homes, um, I'd love to hear them. I'm working on a project. I decided to announce it that way. I'm working on a project. So within 90 minutes, I had 12 responses already from people wow. saying they, they would talk to me about, about uh, things that they've had happen. So I, I figured I was on to something at that point. And then from there on, it was just making arrangements and uh, interviewing people and talking to them about uh, their experiences. Now, have you yourself had a paranormal experience? I've never had anything very direct uh you know people have stories again like the ones in my books where they were they have things appear or Mm -hmm. definite footsteps or or all those kind of traditional things um mine have been much less definite uh i I saw a flash of light uh where there shouldn't have been any kind of lights in it or anything like that uh when i was visiting the sorrel weed house in savannah georgia um, my my one experience I've had of my own I I tell at the uh, at the end of the book so if anybody's looking to read it and doesn't want to be spoiled cover your ears for the next few minutes um, <laughs> I had I had an interesting experience uh, this was years before we had kids and uh, my wife and I moved into our house and I can remember I was in bed she used to get up and leave for work before I did so I'd sleep another half an hour or so after she'd gotten up and I remember I was in bed I was asleep. And what woke me up was this feeling of, of someone sitting down on the edge of the bed next to me. And I thought, oh, she must be coming in to say bye, and she's heading to work now. And I was laying there, and it struck me that she wasn't doing anything. You know, mm. I felt I could feel the bed. You know, when you're, when you're laying in a bed yeah. and someone's sitting on it, you can feel how the weight kind of pushes, you know, pulls the bed away from you. Right. It's downhill there. 
And I was laying there, and I said, I wonder why she's not doing anything. And I was about to roll over and see what she was sitting there doing, and then I heard her coming up the stairs. And I thought, well, this is odd. And then as I rolled over, she opened the door, and I felt the weight pop off of the bed. And I was very confused at that moment. And I've had people tell me that, you know, you were probably, you know, dreaming and hypnagogic sleep, yep. sleep aphasia, these kind of things. But I was wide awake. You know, once I woke up, and why is she sitting on the bed and heard her on the stairs? I was awake. So that's always struck me. That that's probably the closest thing to any kind of a, an experience. And, I, and to this day, I don't know what happened there. I, I felt that weight on the bed mm-hmm. a few other times over the years. It's been a long time since I have. But it, it happened a couple more times or, uh, over the next couple of years after that. But So, so that, that's the closest thing I've had. No, nothing as great as an apparition or some of the other things I've had people tell me about. But it, that's my own. Let me ask you this question. Um, is there a common profile to the people who told you their stories? You know, interestingly... Other than the fact, I think that they wanted to have their story heard, not really. I mean, there's all sorts of different people, mm-hmm. men, women, different ages, uh, people living alone, people, you know, with, with a spouse or kids in the house, uh, children, people experiences as children and as adults, uh, people whose uh, kids were having experiences in their homes. So I haven't seen anything other than when they got the opportunity to tell their story there's a little bit of embarrassment because they don't want to be perceived as crazy, and yet they have this need to kind of be heard and right. and, and have that story be told. So that that's I think the main thing is that they just want to after the experience they want to they want people to know what it was. How haunted is Webster Grove? It seems it seems fairly haunted. <laughs> I mean, I was I was surprised how quickly and after the book came out, I was surprised how many more people reached out to me with with stories. Uh, people I would meet at book signings, mm-hmm. or uh, they'd reach out to me through through uh, the uh, email address that we put in the book for people to uh, contact us for more uh, you know for more stories. So yeah, I think I think it's an it's an older community. Like I said, it's got a long history. A lot of old houses. One thing about Webster is we have a lot of hundred-year-old. You know, they call them century homes mm-hmm. uh, when people apply for that status. A lot of old homes, um, and I think just people did a lot of living in their in their homes over. You know, especially in in you know, say even fifty, sixty, seventy-five years ago, a lot more went on at, at home. You know, exactly. people were born at home. People yeah. passed away at home, and I, I think that leaves a mark. And I think with as many old places, not necessarily spooky places, but just old homes. There's something that goes on with that. Why do you think, if someone knew a house would haunt, was haunted, that they would buy it? I, I wonder that, and I, I know of two incidences where that happened um, with two houses: one that's in Haunted Webster, and one that'll be in the uh, follow-up when I when I get that finished. Um, one of them was a woman that that's the one I haven't. Uh, that'll be in the next book. Uh, they had a lot of activity in their house through the years. Her husband passed away. She was looking to put his big house. They raised a lot of kids in it, and she was looking to put it on the market. And as she was putting it on the market, you know, real estate agents kind of get the get the word out on things. And she was contacted, and the people told her, you know, we're interested in purchasing the house, and we're aware of its history and aware of your your stories about it, and that's part of the reason we'd like to have it. And she doesn't know anything beyond that. I, I haven't been in contact with the new owners yet. And then um, the house on Plant Avenue, which is a very famous, um, you know, from Hans Holzer's 
few of Hans Holzer's books. He's told those stories. Yeah, listen, I hate to do this, um, but we've got to take a, a break here. Oh, so sure. please stand by, my friend. Interesting talk. Exo Nation, our guest this hour is Patrick Dorsey, and his website is www.patrickdorsey.com. And Patrick and I will be back on the other side of this short break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And don't forget, you can go online to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and download or read the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Exonation Patrick Dorsey is my guest this hour, www.patrickdorsey.com. 
www.webstergroves.com. And uh, Patrick is the author of Haunted Webster Groves. And once again, his website is patrickdorsey.com. Please continue uh, telling us about these haunted places. Oh, sure. So we were... We we're talking about uh, people buying yeah. houses. So the the Planet Plant Avenue house is, is very well known, probably one of the best known uh, in St. Louis. And uh, that just recently, I, I haven't been able to reach out to the new owners yet, but I, I know the uh, I, I was fortunate enough to speak to the uh, previous owner mm-hmm. uh, and interview him for Haunted Webster Groves. And uh, a lot of activity, very interesting man, absolutely fascinating man. Um, and I, I'm not sure, you know, they had a lot of activity in the house. Uh, he had a very fascinating point when I reached out to him uh, about about talking uh, to him about the house. Um, his initial reaction was that he wasn't interested in, in uh, telling the stories anymore, that he'd been doing it for 40 years. And I can understand that. He'd been doing it for 40 years, and, uh, you know, they just weren't really interested in talking about it as much as they used to. And he says, besides, and that, that was the part that struck me in the email he sent me, he says, besides, you know, o- over the years, the activities really died down, and I had some theories about that, and, but I'm not interested in telling stories anymore. And what struck me was, that's a story. You know, I, I can get one more story about footsteps on, on the stairs and, and shadowy figures in the corners or stuff, or I can talk to a, a man who's uh, been living in a house like this and studying the, the phenomena as a scientist and uh, he's got theories on why it's, it's gone away and it's died down and I, I reached out to him and said I, I'm absolutely if, if you can talk about that I, I would love to hear that that's that's something unique and so he invited me over and, and, and showed me the uh, house so I, I was very surprised last year when uh, I saw it I, I literally happened by the street and saw it was up on the market and um, and so they were actually having the estate sale. Of, you know, they were moving out and getting rid of a lot of their uh, possessions. So it was, it was no pun intended, yeah. possessions. But um, yeah, so I, I, I'm curious because it, it, it's one of those things where those owners, the new owners, have to know it. I mean, it, it's a well-known um, location and, and well-known stories uh, as far as uh, St. Louis area hauntings go. So what did he tell you about? Uh the activity in it. Why did it seem to diminish as far as he was concerned? So his theory, which I think there's there's some merit to, mm-hmm. he, he believes that um, the, that what causes the activity, the spirits, the, the energies, however you want to define those, depending on what your exact theory is, um, he thinks they, they thrive on the attention, that when you react to what's going on, to when you discuss what's going on. And he said, over the years, we, we stopped talking about it, and the activity died down. And he, he says, it's like everything. I think it needs something to kind of feed on and, and keep it going, which kind of makes sense. When you look at some of the more famous uh, haunted houses, for instance, the when I mentioned the Sewer Weed House yeah. uh, earlier, or uh, the Lent Mansion here in St. Louis, another famous one, uh, you know, they have tours, and people are always going and doing investigations, so there's always something kind of stirring it up and, and drawing attention to it. And uh, a house like, like his, where he just sort of stopped paying attention to it, um, and it, it started dying down significantly over the years, I, I think there's probably some truth to that. So that, that, was, his, that was his theory anyway, and it, at least it panned out in his home. What's the spookiest story that you've been told? Spookiest story. Um, gosh, the spookiest one. Uh, the, probably one of the ones that uh, struck me the most. I, I don't know if it's exactly spooky, but it's the one people really react to well. Um, here in, in Webster, uh, at Webster University, there's the uh, Loretto Hilton Theater. Um, mm-hmm. They put 
put it up in the late 60s. Um, it's, a, it's a repertory theater, regular performances, you know, like, like any kind of theater organization like that. And the rep has, I, I spoke with uh, the uh, Peter Sargent, who's the dean of all things theater at Webster University, and Peter told me there were there were two ghosts they have at the at the rep, and the one is uh, very much like what you would expect in stories. It's the kind of uh, story where a workman was killed when the uh, when they were, the building was being constructed, and since then, once it was finished, they began having experiences: people seeing a, a figure at the end of a hallway, doors closing unexpectedly, footsteps where no one's supposed to be. That sort of thing. It, very, very typical sort of thing. The one that's really very striking and, and tends to give people kind of chills, not so much because it's spooky, but because it's just so so interesting and, and different and, and I think says something, was they had a gentleman who, uh, named David, who used to uh, work in the theater. He would work, uh, he was a professional, a theater professional here in St. Louis. He used to work with our uh, downtown theaters, the, the other ones are our Muni and, and the, that sort of thing. And he also worked with the uh, students at the rep, uh, ran their backstage club. And one one day, David had come back. They had just done their, their strike from the summer season um, at the Muni Theater. And he had come back out after working all day with that. He was working with the, the kids, said, okay, here's all the things I need you guys to do. I'm beat. I've been doing set strike all week, all day. I'm going to get some sleep. I'll be over there. You guys get this stuff done. Come find me in an hour, and we'll we'll get started on the next set of things we're going to do. So they they the students all did what the, what he asked them to, and came back. Where is he? Well, they said he's, he said he said he'd be asleep over there. So they went over and uh, to go wake him up, and he actually passed away in his sleep there in the theater like that. Oh boy! So s- since then, and that that's been the interesting part. Since then, they've had things happening in the theater. Um, the, the most notable ones are when people come in after they've locked up after rehearsal, they'll come back the next day and turn everything on you to get the lighting going. And the first thing someone will notice, the director, of talk, uh, excuse me, the uh, lighting director, the, the actual director will, will say the lights are in the wrong, you know, they've been adjusted. And what makes it interesting is it's not just that someone's bumped into them because what happens is, Peter says, every time this has happened so far, that the lights are actually, they'll, they'll start to say, well, we've got to get these fixed, and then someone will stop and say, no, no, this is, this is better. Whatever's happened to the lights since the last time they were there, someone's gone in and adjusted things, and <laughs> the lighting's now better for, for the uh, arrangement they had on stage. Um, so what's happening is somehow these, these lights are getting uh, improved when, when people aren't around. Uh, the other ones, which are much more striking, and I, I have it in good authority this has happened at least three different people that have been spoken to about this and have told these stories. They have a catwalk, like a lot of theaters, catwalk system above the uh, stage. And right. students will do what students are, are want to do. And rather than, for example, they're reaching over the railing to get something or adjust something, rather than shift to another place to do that, they try to overreach, you know, because they're kids. Sure. And they overreach and uh, start to fall. This has happened three different times. And on each of these three different occasions, students have reported that they felt someone grab them and pull them back onto the rail. Uh, one said by the shoulder, another one said very clearly, someone grabbed me by the back of my pants, by the belt, and, and yanked me back. And I turned around to see who was up there, because I knew who was up there with me, and there was no one up there with them. 
And uh, Peter says 100% David was so committed to working in theater. It's what he loved doing. He loved working with the kids and his, and wouldn't let anything happen to them. And he, he speaks of it the way you and I are talking right now. He says he's, he's in the theater, you know, just working on the shows still. He's fixing the lights. He's, uh, you know, grabbing the kids before they get hurt when, when they make mistakes like that. So it, it's, it's a very fun, positive story, even though it, 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 now I'm kind of getting a little bit of chill telling it because thinking about what that must be like to have some figure that you can't see that wasn't, you weren't aware of there, you know, saving you from a 30-foot fall into a, to the bottom of the theater. Why do you think these ghosts hang around instead of going to wherever ghosts go when they die? Or people go when they die, I should I, say. Yeah, that's a good question. I, in, in my experience in listening to some of the stories I got, I mm-hmm. think, and this is fairly typical for, for haunting stories, you know, there's, there's two kinds of hauntings. There's the intelligent ones, which I think the, the repertory is very much an example of, um, the, where you have a figure that, that's still there. Uh, why he's not going on, I, I'm not sure. Um, again, maybe it's just his love of the theater. Maybe he doesn't realize it. He just feels he's still working in the theater. You know, I, from what I've understood, that that's often the case when I've spoken to, to people who uh, have had more firsthand experience with that. But it seems that uh, these uh, spirits, these ghosts, don't aren't, aren't aware that uh, that they've that they've passed away. That things have changed that much for them. Um, the other one, which I've I've heard stories of, are uh, a residual hauntings where it's it's more something's been imprinted on the space and and they go through the motions and everything. Um, I, I have a, I've heard one or two very striking stories. I I don't think we're intelligent, uh, conscious beings. I think they're just something that's still left there for some reason. Is there a common thread in the stories that you've been told? I asked you if, about the people who have told you, but how about the stories themselves? I think the story, that's what actually absolutely fascinated me as I talked to people is there wasn't. I mean, the, the experiences were all very different. Um, whether it was, again, the, the story about the rep with the, uh, the, the ghost looking out for the kids and, and still participating in the shows or uh, uh-huh. um, another, um, another theater ghost that I've, I was told about, we have a uh, community theater as well in Webster, uh, the Webster Grove Theater Guild, and they have a, a figure they call Bud Gus Charlie, and the reason for that is they can't ever get the same name for the guy, so they, they know he's a prankster, and he likes to mess with the uh, the people on stage. He, he pulls on skirts and whispers in people's ears and things like that, hides props. Um, I, again, that kind of figure versus that, versus... Um, but one, I, I, I very moving one that I don't want to go into too much because I, I think it's very, it's more effective when you hear it in the uh, the teller's world. All right, we're we're going to be taking story. another break, so please stand by. We'll give our listeners uh, sure. time to get their goosebumps off their arms. Exo Nation, <laughs> our guest this hour is Patrick Dorsey, www.patrickdorsey.com, and he's the author of Webster's. Uh, I'm sorry, Haunted Webster's Grove. There we go. We'll be back. More ghosts, hauntings, things that go bump in the night here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. 
You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. www.patrickdorsey.com is the website for our guest this hour, Patrick Dorsey, and uh, he's the author of Haunted Webster Groves. Patrick, thanks very much for joining us. Great talking to you. Um, it, it seems that every town in every state or every province in the United States or Canada or the United, especially the United Kingdom, has a pub where ghosts love to interact with the patrons. Do you have such a place in Webster Grove? Yes, 
if any of them are, they, they haven't shared that with me yet. I, it wouldn't surprise me, but um, it, not surprisingly, some of the businesses really haven't been too anxious to, to say they've got anything like that going on in them. So I, I, I'm willing to bet there is something, yeah. but I've, I've not uncovered it yet. Now, that's pretty strange because the paratourism industry is, is very big, and it's making a lot of small communities and big cities a lot of money with the tourism dollar that paranormal believers are forking into the local economy. Yeah, very definitely. I've, yeah. I've done many of those tours myself, so I get, yeah. How, how do you, as as an author and, and someone who has a an interest in the paranormal, how do you separate the wheat from the chaff when somebody tells you a story? So one of the things I do um, in this, and I make, I make clear to people, I'm not an investigator. I, I don't go, mm-hmm. you know, trying to dig up the history of something. I, I don't go in with e-meters and, and infrared cameras and things like that. Um, what I was really interested in this project was just capturing the oral history, the, the stories that people were telling. I, I, I tell people I'm a storyteller, so that, that's what I really wanted to catch. Um, when it comes to how do I separate the wheat from the chaff, uh, a lot of that's gone by gut. I mean, people, I, I don't think anybody that I spoke to um, was insincere when they told me their story. I think they, at the very least they believed what they were telling me, right. whether I believed what they experienced is another matter, but I think they they believed what they, uh, the stories they were telling me, um, especially some of the kids. I, I had I've had kids tell me stories. And I've had people ask me about that. Well, do you think the kid was pulling your leg? And it would be a matter of, well, you know, that was an odd detail. You know, yeah. there'd, there'd be an, an interesting detail they were throwing. I don't think a, an eight-year-old would think to throw that in as a detail. So I, I think what he's telling me is what he experienced. Um, and, and again, there's a level of embarrassment that I, I, I would hear with some people mm-hmm. that I, I don't think if they were really trying to uh, put one over for me, they, they'd seem more earnest. And uh, the number of the people were very reticent, and uh, I had to do a little bit of work to get some people to tell me some of their stories when they first reached out to me or when I uh, learned that they had a story. So I, I kind of went with gut on that. I, I, maybe I was wrong, maybe not, but I, I think I got some really, really good stories from people you know, just with the method I followed. I, I think a child would be a better source than uh, than sometimes adults are because the child has no they don't understand that you know hey they've got something to gain whereas adults you know they a lot of adults that i've talked to over the years they're looking for their five Mm -hmm. minutes of fame where a child you get honesty how they see it how they feel it that's how you get it oh one of the one of the spookiest ones I got, because when she told me this, I just looked at her and I said, well, you handled that way better than I would have with yeah. a little girl. She was, I don't know, about seven years old, and her her mother, they, they had some experience in the house, and she says, yeah, it happened, that I, I had, and, she, and the mother said they don't talk about it, so that's what made it interesting that the daughter had this story, but she said, again, typical little girl, uh, and it, was, it had been a few years before, so she was very little when it happened, she said, I was you know, in the bathroom, I was sitting on the toilet, and like a lot of little kids, door wide open, yeah. And she said, I'm sitting there, and then something peeked in the in the door. <laughs> I said, something. And she says, yeah, it was a it was this green face, except it had no face. It was a head, but it had no features. It was just a flat, bald face, no hair, no, no nose, no eyes, no nothing like that. And even green hands, like grabbing the door frame, kind of reaching around the corner and looking in at her while she was sitting there doing her business. And... Um, I said, how did that go? And she says, well, I, I sat and I kind of looked at him for a while while he looked at me and 
and I got I got up and washed my hands, and I looked back, and he was gone. <laughs> but yeah, that that's way more calm than I would have been if something like that had peeked at the door at me like that. Yeah, I'd be out of there in, yeah. a, in a heartbeat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pants around your ankles, right? Just gone. <laughs> what pants? Yeah. <laughs> gone. Um, have you yourself had a frightening experience in the paranormal? No, I, I, I haven't myself. You know, the, the only one I really had, like I mentioned, was the, the experience of something sitting yeah. on the bed a few times with me. And, and that's just more intrigued me over time. It's like, what is that? But it, it never felt threatening or anything like that to me. So tell me, to what capacity or, or how much do you believe in, in spirits and ghosts? Have, has your belief increased as you've talked to so many people and done the research for your books, or are you still a bit of a skeptic? Well, the, the first thing I'll say is that I was, I was raised in an Irish Catholic family, so okay. it's got a lot of superstition yep. and, and all that to go with it. So you, you grow up in that knowing there's just things that you, you do and don't do in order to stay out of trouble with, with the you know, invisible forces that they're around us. Yeah. Um, but in terms of ghosts, I, I've always, I, I, I'm almost skeptical. It's kind of funny the other way. I think I, I tend to want to believe and I want mm -hmm. to have it disproven to me. I, 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 I want to have a sense of whether it's real or not, but I'm, I'm open-minded enough that I'm not saying, well, prove it to me. It's more of a, well, okay, I think this is going on and I hear things that make sense to me. So I, I have a, I guess I have a niggling little bit of doubt as to what it might be, but I'm, I'm open-minded enough to, uh, to think that, yeah, I think this is what's going on. And, you know, thousands of years of human experience and people telling stories like this, um, it makes me think there's gotta be something underlying it all. So I, I think, I think there's something going on with it, but I, I always have just a little bit of, of skepticism just to, you know, whether someone's pulling my leg or telling sure. a story or something, but on my own, yeah, I, I tend to think so. I, I tend to think there's something happening. Why do you think the paranormal is so popular in the year 2018? The, the you know the time of the greatest technological advances that the civilization has had. You know, we have iPhones, we have right. we have everything, and yet people are still talking about ghosts, going ghost hunting, going trying to see or trying to find proof that there is life after death. Does the fact that we're looking at our own mortality a lot more, uh, with much more interest than we have at any other time in history, could this be another reason why we are so bound and determined to establish whether life goes on after death? I think that's a, that's a big question that, that's, again, so speaks to the human condition and yeah. human history. I mean, what, what lies beyond? So I, I think very definitely that's part of it. I, I would also say I think there's a, especially today, I think there's a, the more people know about all these things, you know, we have all these specific things, we have all this science, I think there's this need to want to know what's beyond that. And I think is that's, uh, people want to know about something bigger and greater, if that kind of makes sense. So I, I think, to me, that that's what's really driving this for people is that as we take all the magic out of the world, as we explain things and what, what you know, just to be silly, you know, what a lightning storm is 500 years ago, that was a very different thing than what it is now. Um, 
in terms of how people perceive it and, and understand it. And I, and I think people want to find something bigger and greater and, and broader. So I think there's a, there's a need for that. And, and people are reaching more toward um, these sort of things, these ghost stories and, and these paranormal sort of things to, to fill that gap in their, in their lives, their, their psyche. It's almost as if the paranormal and every aspect of it, whether it's Bigfoot, UFOs, ghosts, uh, things that go bump in the night, lake monsters, ocean monsters, mm-hmm. the Bermuda Triangle, the, the, the search for Atlantis, takes us away from the everyday humdrum. Exactly. And, and in many, I, I think it, it's like an electronic amusement park. People go there to get the hell scared out of them. You know, like I'm sorry, so you know I, I watch these people go on the roller coasters. My kids love the roller coaster. My grandkids love the roller coaster. I say go with God. You know, I right. say why the hell would I want to go on there and have the heck scared out of me? God, I, you know. So so do we do we look at the the amusement park and the paranormal as being kind of the same thing? I think so. I think there's, um, I, I think that that's, again, that's the kind of the storytelling, that goes back to what I'm doing with the storytelling. I think that uh, people um, have a need to uh, experience these things. And in a way, it's, it's a way to do it. Again, you mentioned the roller coaster. I, I use that as an example in, in some of my uh, analogies for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sometimes think that when people want to experience these ghost stories and, and have these experiences with these, these unusual and frightening things, it's the way to have it in a very safe way, right? I mean, a roller coaster is is scary and, and it's loops and everything, and there's there's always a chance something can go wrong. But for the most part, you know, you're buckled in, that thing's locked onto a track, and, and it's a way to have that thrill with, without all that, um, without the real danger, you know? And, and I think people do that as well with um with stories like this it's a way to sure you know all you gotta do is say i've got a, I've, you know my neighbor's got a ghost in their house and and you'll see the ears all prick up and people turn and say really and they'll you know there's always the one who wants to scoff and say oh you people are crazy or that's silly but it gets people's attention and i think that's because they want to know and and again it feeds back to that idea we were talking about with uh, mortality yeah. where it gives you a way to kind of face it without facing it you know it, it's it's a way to kind of look at it sideways Patrick, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. Uh, from one Irishman to another Irishman, what's the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish wake? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> it's very simple. One less drunk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. Stand by, Patrick. You and I will be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, where every day is St. Patrick's Day. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. 
interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. The name of the book is Haunted Webster Groves. The author is my guest this hour, Patrick Dorsey, and his website is www.patrickdorsey.com. First of all, Patrick, great having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And as I was chatting with you uh, during the uh, break, looking forward to having you back on with us in the future. Um, I'd love to. Thank you very much. Oh, it's our pleasure. What about the other aspects of the paranormal? Uh, I, I mentioned before UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, Bermuda Triangle, and the list goes on and on and on. But like you pointed out, these legends are embedded in in time. You know, the, the, the Native Americans talk about the Thunderbirds. Uh, and right. wherever you are in the world, there are these stories that, are perplexing to try and understand how these events that played a relevant part of the societies of way back when are still present in today's society. It boggles yeah, my imagination. No, absolutely they are, yes. I mean, here in, here in uh, Missouri, you know, we certainly have, we have our Piasaw bird and all sorts of uh, mm-hmm. stories and things like that, so absolutely. Or on the river here, I should say it's over in Illinois technically, but the area <laughs> what about other aspects uh have you have you given any thought to 
other parts of the paranormal. You mentioned Hans Holzer before, and uh, that is mm-hmm. one of the greatest men I've had so much respect for. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of my heroes. And then I had the pleasure of talking to and having his daughter on the show, who's, oh, wow. in, who's uh-huh. into the paranormal as well. Um, so it seems that it's, it carries on from generation to generation, and I'm so glad. And I believe her name is Anna Marie Holzer. Okay. I'm sure if I'm wrong, Craig will let me know in due time. Um, how about how about other aspects uh, of the paranormal? Ouija boards, for example. What are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I'll tell you. I, when my when my daughter was a bit younger, and she was reaching that age where mm-hmm. kids were doing stuff like that, and she was kind of spooked by it. You know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, and yeah. she asked me about that, and I I told her. I said, "Well, so here, here's my thought on." It. I said, "I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with it, and here's why." I said, there, "It's either real or it's not, right?" And if it is when they tell you, oh, it, it's it's people subconsciously moving it, or even worse, just one of your friends is moving it. I said, then it's kind of pointless, and, and what's, you know, why bother doing it? Yeah. Um, and I told her, I said, on the other hand, if it's for real, what you're doing is you're inviting some strange entity into the room with you, you know, and it's a, it's almost the same as just, you know, you and your other 11-year-old friend sticking your head out the door and, and calling the first stranger and to have a conversation with you. It's probably mm-hmm. a bad idea, so... Don't you know? My thought was don't don't play with it. I've I've read. Um, you talk about generational. I I was following the footsteps of uh, Jim Longo, who uh, wrote a Haunted Odyssey back in the '80s. He was a family friend, and he traveled up and down the Mississippi Valley in, in this area collecting stories. And when I started on uh, Haunted Haunted Webster Groves, I was definitely feeling that I was following in his footsteps. And he has some stories um, about uh, how some of these Ouija board things have gone wrong for people during. Uh, different uh, paranormal or, or, you know, haunting events and, and uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying I believe in the 100%, but I would say I believe enough that it can create problems and it's nothing I want to play with, so I, I don't. Exactly. Um, what about UFOs? Are, do you, in your part of the world, are there a lot of UFO sightings? So we had the very famous, we're right near the edge, the uh, UFO over central Illinois from, gosh, what was that, about 96, 99, something like that, where they actually had the police following. This. I mean, it's a very uh, well-documented and, and expert witness kind of thing. You know, they mm-hmm. get police uh, following it and different people with sightings where they can actually track how the thing moved that night. It, it's so... That's the best-known one, um, and it's an absolutely fascinating case. It's one I've been hoping to sometimes sit down and maybe try to interview people and uh, look into. It, it's been pretty explored, but uh, just because it's so interesting to me, I, I've had the intention of uh, following up and trying to write something about that sometime. So what's next for you? What are you going to be writing about next? Um, I am working on a follow-up to uh, Haunted Webster Grows. Uh, again, people have been reaching out to me, and I've been collecting stories um, Know, working on some other pieces, doing some research. Uh, that that one's been a little slower going than the first one, and just different paces for different things. Um, that I, I would love to actually look at some of the other areas around here. Webster has a uh, nearby Kirkwood, Missouri, uh, longstanding high school rivalry, that sort of thing. And I, I Kirkwood's just as old as Webster, and I would love. To, I'm sure there's uh, haunting stories there as well. So I'm. I'm hoping to uh, start talking to people there and, and see if I could collect any uh, Kirkwood stories and put together one for that as well. As an author, 
do you have any advice for listeners who who may want to write that book? Because they everybody, I believe, has a story inside of them that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. What advice, as as a published author, would you have for for people who are listening tonight, who have been taken by your stories, your experiences? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you share with them as as an author? My biggest my biggest advice for anybody, whatever you're going to write, is don't wait for the muse. You know, people say, oh, the muse has to strike me. And I always tell people, you got to chain the muse to the desk next to you and work. I mean, that, that's how you have to do it. Because if you kind of wait for this mood, you've got this thing that it's, you want to get out, but you've got to do the work. And that, that's the way to do it is just set aside time and work on it. Um, that, that's my biggest piece of advice to anybody is just is just power through it and, and make it happen. You, you can write a book. It, it's, a, it's a process like anything. So if you've got the story you want to tell, you've got the thing you want to investigate, go do that and, and do it. What do you do if you get writer's block? You keep writing. That's what I always, that's what I always did. You, sit, you, you set aside that time. That's, that's one of the easy ways to do it is you set aside the time. You tell yourself, okay, after I put the kids to bed from... Mm-hmm. You know, ten to eleven, nine to ten, whatever, whatever your time looks like, you're going to set aside an hour, hour and a half, whatever your, uh, whatever you schedule, and you use that time. You know, even if you're blocked, you sit and you kind of work at the at the keyboard. You know, right. make notes. See if you got to pull paper and do it by hand, just to kind of break that up by doing it a little differently. But you, you dedicate it, and it's it's like exercising at that point. You, you just get used to it, and and the writer's block doesn't uh, becomes less and less. I think as you start developing those muscles and don't get stuck. What do you think about all these different ghost stories and uh, ghost TV shows that are out there? Uh, how does somebody, how do you, you know, how do you break it from reality to entertainment? And are they doing a disservice to those who believe in the paranormal by kind of leading them astray? I think some of the shows, um, I won't go into specifics on which ones, I, I think some of them are clearly just people uh, putting together something to, to uh, salacious and wow, look at that crazy stuff yeah. that's going on. And, and I think they're, they're, for lack of a better description, they're faking a lot of it. Um, I think some shows have been, have been more sincere in what they show. Um, and it, it's interesting. I, I, I always find it. I, I watch a lot of those programs. My son and I used to watch a lot of that stuff together um, when he was younger. So I, I would say, um, it, it's, it, you know, it kind of depends on the show. I, I enjoy them. There's some I don't, and I, I stop watching those ones, <laughs> and then other ones I'll, I'll hang with and see what they're doing. Because, again, as someone who's collected these stories, I get it. You know, it, it, Sometimes it seems kind of crazy or doesn't seem realistic. Um, but I, I think uh, what it does is it helps draw attention. It lets people, again, we talked about how people, it, it's an easy way to go be spooked, right? You can yeah. watch the ghost show and then be done with it. You know, it's over in half an hour, so you're, you don't have to worry about it. It's like the roller coaster again. There's that damn roller coaster again. <laughs> Listen, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been, it's been a really a, a great pleasure talking to you, and you're going to be back with us in the future. Um, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? What would you like them to, to remember most about Patrick Dorsey and, and his work? Uh, what I'd love for them to remember is that um, 
you know, people have stories and people have experiences. I was fortunate enough to have people trust me to uh, take their stories. Mm-hmm. And I'd, if you have any interest in these sorts of things, you know, take a look at Haunted Webster. I mean, there's there's plenty of other books like that out there, but um, just selfishly take a look at that. But um, I think they're good stories. I think people, uh, there's some that I, that I do find kind of moving that I, I was able to, uh, again, I was fortunate that, that some of the people would share them with me, but they're all interesting. Um, and not just mine, I mean, other people, but I think these are experiences people have and they tell the story because they want to be heard. So, you know, give it a read and, and give them a listen and decide for yourself what, what you feel was uh, going on with them. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, plug your website and where they can buy your books. Sure. Uh, they can uh, go to my website, uh, patrickdorsey.com. Uh, it's not really a paranormal website. It's kind of just all things Pat Dorsey, so you, you get a view of, of just what goes on with me at any given time. So it, that's good, bad, different, but that's how it is. Um, you can do that. My books are available. You can order them certainly from any bookstore. They're available on Amazon. Um, you can You can always order it from there. Uh, you can also go to my publisher's website, which would be factualplanet.com. Um, find it there, and then we get a listing there as well. Patrick, take care of yourself, and uh, I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here at the Exo. Mind you, if you're in an amusement park, don't even look for me. I won't be there. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to talking with you again as well. <laughs> All right, take care, Patrick. Exo Nation, Patrick you, you uh, Dorsey has been our guest this hour, www.patrickdorsey.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget to find out what's on the Exxon Broadcast Network 24-7-364. Here's the website, www.xchronicles. No, I'm sorry, www xzbn.net for the X Chronicles newspaper here we go www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com I'm Rob McConnell this is the Exxon I'll be back on the other side of the news don't go away Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. 
We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 